to write things down yes i hope i remember things about the movie yeah <laughs> i don't know how going through the plot by memory is going to work on this one well it's gonna be great yeah <laughs> that sounds reassuring <laughs> welcome to bad movie date night the podcast from our wife and i have a date night watching a terrible movie and then we share our thoughts and opinions with you the listener I am your host, Nigel, from ajourneyintofilm.com, and with me, as always, is my faithful wife, Caitlin. Hey there. And this week, we are talking about the 2010 film, When in Rome, starring Kristen Bell and Josh Demel. Caitlin, what are your initial thoughts? Oh boy, this movie was like had all of the movie tropes that you need to make a rom-com. It was the perfect formula for all other rom-coms to follow. Girl meets guy, girl and guy fall in love despite other circumstances outside of their control. Guy guy and girl get in big fight. <gasps> Are they going to get together? Surprise, they do. Spoiler alert. The end. I mean, I, so, sure, I won't disagree with you. (laughs) However, I have several questions. One, did they really have a fight or did she just say, I can't see you because she thought it wasn't real? Also, did, uh, I feel like they were What do you mean? Wait, what? Okay, so (laughs) he was like, so they get back from Rome and like instantly he's like, I want to get with that. Yeah. Okay. And so he just keeps trying throughout the whole movie. Yeah. All he wants to do is just go to dinner with her. Right. They never go to an actual dinner. They did. But they didn't have dinner. No. They had like a, maybe half a sip of wine. Right. And then they go back to his place. She gets upset because she sees the poker chips. Right. But do they actually fight? Um, no, I guess they don't even really fight. That's true. There's just, like, some event that makes you think, like, oh, they're not going to get together. They should have fought. That guy should have been, like, you're crazy. Like. He should have just said, she's not interested in me, and moved on. Yeah. And there really wasn't any sort of chemistry between the two of them, other than they, some... They said the same thing about their, her sister's wedding. Yeah, I mean, that was the only similarity. Like, at first you think, like, oh, this guy's going to be addicted to work, too, because his That's phone rings. That's not what I thought at all. Oh, I thought so, because, like, his phone rings in the middle of the ceremony, and then um, the groom, I don't even know his name. Umberto. But, okay, so Umberto told him, you have to turn your phone off. And then, like, so I thought, oh, you told him you have to turn your phone off, and so he's not going to because he's addicted to work like her, and then that'll bring them together, but then that didn't even happen. So it was, like, literally they had nothing in common other than they both said two meeting each other and getting married in two weeks isn't even enough time for a credit check. I'm surprised that you remember that because I struggled very hard to remember that. And once I remembered, I had to write it down because <laughs> that's the theme of this episode. <laughs> the So I thought that he was going to be her opposite. I thought this was going to be like an opposites uh, attract sort of like, situation. I'm carefree. I'm not addicted to my job. I just live life. I don't even have a steady job. That type of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, like he has a job, but he just doesn't care or like he has a fun job. Mm. And he kind of did have a fun job. He did have a fun job. That's. The job I want, but minus the sports. <laughs> right. And because when his phone rings, he's late and he's stumbling in like he just right. got out of bed. Yeah. His ringtone is Cherry Pie. Right. By that band I forgot to look up. <laughs> but if you grew Sweet up in the 80s, show. you know 
the song. Yeah. And his hair was all askew. Mm-hmm. And he had a clip-on tie. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, this yeah. is going to be an opposites attract sort of right. situation. Where like she's a ghost gonna... of girlfriend's past. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like she hates him because he's the opposite of her in every way. And he right. hates her because she's uptight and mm-hmm. doesn't believe in love. Mm-hmm. That is not what we got no. at all. No. Neither of what we thought we were getting is what we got. That's very true. Also, I forgot what this movie was about before we started watching it, so I was just as surprised (laughs) as I could have been for what was going on. Just so you know, the two rom-coms that we have done, they both take place with the people meeting, in air quotes, each other at a wedding. Best place to meet people, I've heard. Apparently. So we haven't done favorite quotes in a while because there's been not any good quotes in the movies that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. This one I liked just because it was the the one the thing about this movie is there were some legitimately funny moments, but not enough to make it a good movie. No, no. it was like the the scene itself was well thought out, Mm -hmm. but there was too much disconnect between everything else. Mm hmm. But it's when Gail shows up and he says, it's crazy. I don't know whether to look at my own reflection or to look at you. That's how beautiful you are. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's That one made me chuckle. Mostly because it was delivered by Dak Shepard. So I yes. just thought that was comical that he was in it yeah. with Kristen. But I think my favorite line. So I have a favorite line and a favorite scene. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm going to go with my favorite line first. My favorite line is when they're sitting around playing poker and the guy says, why is this card wet? Did you stick it in a glass of water? And the guy said, yeah, that was it. That was a scene. (laughs) Like, no point to that. No context, no point, never comes back to it. Just a random scene where they're playing poker and somebody stuck a card in water and it was wet. I, it made, it epitomized how I felt about the movie. Like what, what? Like it makes no logical sense. And then my favorite scene also epitomized how I feel about the movie, which was when, um, she runs into the magician who is in love with her. Lance. Lance. Oh, I forgot about this. I know exactly where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) And, and he uh, tells her to pick a card, and she she he's doing a card trick, and he's like, is this your card? And he, she was like, no. And he goes, I know. That's because I'm the Joker. And he, like, has a Joker card. He's like, but your card was, like, a spade of heart. I don't even know what he said. Something about a heart. And he reaches into his chest and pulls out his heart and then th- drops it. And there's also no... More context to that. I didn't understand, but that was my favorite scene. We will definitely talk more about that. But the magician, his name is Lance. He's played by John Hader, famous from Napoleon Dynamite. And And his uh, compadre is uh, in the movie as well. Yes, uh, I wrote his name down here somewhere, but we'll get to that. Do you have anything else? I mean... I'm just thinking, like, if I'm a listener right now, what I've been told is this is a rom-com, and it's not about opposites attract, it's not about the same type of personalities attract, and all I have from this is that Dak Shepard says he doesn't know who to look at, him or Kristen Bell, and a magician pulls out his heart, and there's a wet card. Like, I, as a listener, would have no idea where we're going. Yeah. You're on... You're ready for an adventure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also did want to point out that I like to think that Kristen Bell didn't know what Dak Shepard was going to do in any of his scenes. I really hope that's the case. Yeah. The I could not find anything anywhere to confirm that. But it would have been very funny because her reactions are very genuine. Yeah. And he's very good at playing the stupid... Mm -hmm idiot character yeah i know it's kind of redundant the stupid idiot the stupid (laughs) idiot (laughs) yeah people listening they they know what i'm trying to say yeah he was good in this yeah i just i 
whenever I see him or hear him, even whenever I listen to him on other other podcasts, and he sounds very articulate, mm-hmm. and very he's deep, so smart. Yes, I still can't get his character from Idiocracy out of my head. I know that it doesn't compute. He's so smart. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they say that the smartest people are are best at playing. Like, these dopey, funny types. That's crazy. I mean, I imagine all of Monty Python is very... Mm, that's a good point. And uh, I didn't finish that sentence. I was going to say intelligent. Yeah, I figured that's where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, James Franco, he seems pretty intelligent. And he plays these, like, weird stoner types. True. True. Interesting. Yeah. So, this movie was directed by Mark Steven Johnson. Nigel. What else has he directed? I'm glad you asked, Caitlin, because he has also directed Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. We need to watch that baby. Side note. And Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Mm. And I know what you're thinking. Nigel, why did he direct these superhero movies from the early 2000s and then make a rom-com? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Oh, I was hoping you'd have answers for me. I don't. And he actually also wrote or got story by credits on either of those movies. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. So then we have the writers of the movie, David Diamond and David Weissman. They wrote movies. Well, okay. Here's a fun <laughs> fact about this. Uh, this is the last movie that they've ever written. Ooh, that's unfortunate. It is. They have also written The Family Man with Nick Cage. Oh, my mom likes that movie. Just saying. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend. That my mom liked bad movies. <laughs> or people who've made bad movies. Yes. Uh, Evolution. We haven't watched that. Mm-mm. But it's about aliens that attack the planet. And somebody's in it. I know okay. Orlando Bloom. Not Bloom. Orlando Jones. Oh. Difference. Difference. And the movie Old Dogs with Robin Williams and John Travolta. Oh, that sounds interesting. It did not look interesting. (laughs) Like interesting bad. No. No? Okay. And then obviously it's got Kristen Bell from Veronica Mars, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Frozen, and our favorite show, The Good Place, and Josh Demel from Transformers, 11-22-63. And because this movie has so many people in it, mm-hmm. I'm just going to rattle them off real quick. All right, do it. And if you don't know who they are, that's what IMDb is for. You have Angelica Houston, Danny DeVito, Will Arnett, Lan- Ooh, Ooh. not Lance, John Hader. Good try. Hader, Hader, I don't know. Dak Shepard, Alexis Dezina, Kate Misucci, <laughs> Bobby Moynihan, Kristen Shaw, Lee Pace for like 10 seconds. Eugene Cordero. And that's about it, actually. Stella Cass. Shaq? Oh, yeah. Shaq's Shaq shows up at one point. It's got a lot of people. It does. It has quite a few people in it. So and where s- did this movie go wrong? Where did this movie go wrong? Probably at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> the movie... <laughs> Sorry. Thought that was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying very hard to hold in my laugh. Okay. Serious face. Yes, serious. Podcasting face. (laughs) Okay. So, for some reason, this movie made the decision to show people flicking coins into a fountain. And CGI. Well, that was the thing that was very confusing. Because instead of showing the coin plopping into the water Mm -hmm. as it does as coins are known to do as coins are known (laughs) to do into said fountains (laughs) they have they a real scene of someone flicking a coin but then it cuts to a cgi scene a very poorly done cgi like late 90s children's show Mm -hmm. cgi of a coin falling into the fountain right and it doesn't do this just once or twice but five times. That was it? Because it felt like so many more times. It did. But I found out, because this movie is so good at explaining things, <laughs> and by explaining things, it's not. That was this for each of the people. I figured. Okay. So we're introduced to Beth. 
Right. Played by Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. She's a hardworking woman. A museum curator. curator. Yes. Good job. And she is throwing the show of her life. And we're supposed to think, oh, this is the hardworking female mm-hmm. stereotype who doesn't have time for love in her life. Right. She got no time for a man. She's like, hey, this is so great. And all of her coworkers are like, yeah, you nailed it, girl. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what happens to them in the rest of the movie. I know. They disappear. I thought they were going to be like our They like show up characters. at the first party and then and the, the second, second party. party. Yeah. And I don't know what job they serve because there's Stacy, which is clearly her secretary. Mm-hmm. Who is pretty much does horrible things throughout the whole movie by canceling the order of that big art thing and then taking her coins. Yeah. Stacy is not a let's not say she's a horrible person. She's just not a smart person. Yeah, she's not a smart person. There's a reason she's the secretary. She's a mischief maker. A mischief maker. Mischief maker. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> <laughs> She stirs up trouble. (laughs) She is approached by an ex-boyfriend, and all of her co-workers are like, oh, snap, he's going to ask her back. Mm -hmm. He's played by Lee Pace, Mm -hmm. which is a very underutilized actor in this movie, and you're led to believe that his involvement is going to be much bigger than it is. Right, it was not. Because Lee Pace is a pretty good actor. That's why he wasn't involved more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and at first they think things are going to turn around Mm -hmm. and Kristen Bell's got this stupid smile on her face. Like, Oh, he's going to take me back. Mm -hmm. Cause he's, he's talking about how he understands that Um, she's a hard worker. You forgot that she has like stuff in her teeth, but it's fine. (sighs) I I feel like, like, like that sets it up for how corny this movie is. Yes. So she's got spinach in her teeth. Yeah. Like the super cheesy, like. There's no way you got spinach right there on your tooth deal. Yeah. But she does. And it's like, haha, this is funny. She got spinach in her teeth and she's talking to her ex. Because all of her coworkers are like, oh, you got you to gotta, you gotta get it out of your teeth. And yeah. she's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Movie trope number one. Two. Two. All right. Fun fact. Uh, he's not apologizing to her. He says that he's getting engaged to some girl. It's very awkward because the DJ hears it whenever the friends all shout, she's getting engaged. Because they're like eavesdropping but not doing a good job at it. No. they At one point they even admit that they can't hear it. So then the DJ starts playing some rockin' tunes mm-hmm. to cheer on this engagement. However, there is no engagement. Right. So Kristen Bell shuts that down real fast. Yep. And it's humiliating. Mm -hmm. She's devastated. She is devastated. Well, he was kind of a jerk, though, because he did say that I met someone like in our relationship. It didn't work because you were addicted to your job. But I wanted to thank you because I met someone who is just like you. Rude, addicted to their job. Rude. But I accept her for it. Oh, rude. Okay. Question though. What? Why was this in the movie? I I don't know. It it serves zero purpose. It doesn't change the fact that she's addicted to her job. It doesn't open her up to love more. It doesn't make her heartbroken looking for somebody to fall in love with. She is literally unfazed. Correct. She does plenty of things throughout the rest of the movie to illustrate that she is addicted to her job. Right. One of which we'll talk about in a minute, which was weird. So she goes home, devastated, and who shows up unannounced? Her sister. Right. Her flight attendant sister. Yes. Who looks like a mouse. Yeah. She She is the human equivalent of (laughs) a mouse. More so than (laughs) Stacy. I don't know about that. They could both be mouse people. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Her sister Joan is like... Hey, surprise, I'm getting married in two days. Yes. And she says, I met this guy two weeks ago, Umberto. And Kristen Bell, who is negative Nancy about love because she's all hardcore negative about Negative Nancy job. or realistic? 
she's realistic. But <laughs> this is the thing is so on one hand, they they show her as this hardworking woman, and you think, oh, she doesn't have time for a man. Mm-hmm. But then this scene happens, and it's kind of like she's saying, I don't believe in love. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's Maybe very important both. to note that she says two weeks isn't enough time for a credit check. Right. Because that comes back later. Yes, it does. So then uh, Joan really wants her there. You get the idea that they're all close. Nothing really terrible about the scene. Except no. that her sister showed up in the middle of the night unannounced. Yeah. Uh, The next day at work, Beth is in charge of some new gala. She tells her boss that she's got everything covered. And then in the middle of this meeting, she's like, oh, by the way, I have this wedding in Rome to go to. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I can be back in two days. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is not a conversation to have in a room full of people. Right. This is a conversation you have with your boss one-on-one. Right. Because none of these people are important characters. No, and none of them, like, help move the story along. There was no purpose for them being there. Other than to humble brag about how terrible it is that her sister's having a wedding in Rome. Yeah. I don't know if we should point out now or later, but I'm going to just tell you now. This movie is called When in Rome. However... (laughs) (laughs) My question is, when were they in Rome? During the weddings. (laughs) Which in and of itself is riddled with problems. (laughs) But you would think for a movie called When in Rome that more than just a brief 20 minutes of the movie would take place in Rome. You would think. I got nothing else to say about that. All right. So here's what happens next. She goes to Rome. She goes to Rome. And... When she gets there, the taxi driver more or less kidnaps her. (laughs) He says, oh, you're only here for 48 hours. Let me take you on a tour of the city. Yeah. And she doesn't seem interested. Nope. She was more interested in her cell reception. Her cell reception. Yes. Because it's very important that she continues to work on her job. Right. While she's at this meeting. Very important. Very, very important. To her. To and her. nobody else. And nobody also, else. we don't care about anyone at this point. No. Like, I don't I, care if Kristen Bell finds love, doesn't find love. I don't care. I don't care about anything at I this point. I don't care if she fails her job, she I, gets fired. I, I don't care. No. No. Like, and, I mean, you know that Joan and Umberto are not going to last very long. Duh. So, what is there to Karen? Maybe no. this taxi driver. Because he's just <laughs> trying to show... An American girl, a great tour of a beautiful city. By kidnapping her. By kidnapping. His story would be a lot more interesting. That's actually the perfect plan. Take people into a taxi cab. Say, oh, you've never been here before? Let me take you on a tour and rack up your fare. That's right. Uh, We don't really know what happens after that, but next thing you know, we're at the wedding, Mm -hmm. and... It's all awkward, and I don't know about you, but I thought they were waiting on Joan. Yeah, I did too. I was like, oh, they're waiting on Joan. She's having second thoughts. That's what I thought, and then I thought that was where the plot of this movie was going to go. Right, me too. Because when in Rome. Right. But no. This is like, you don't even see Rome. Like, I don't even think they filmed this movie in Rome. All right, so... You're going to force my hand, and I'm going to have to tell you (laughs) one of the interesting facts about this movie. Uh, Like, 90% of this movie was filmed in New York City. Yeah. I. Where was the rest filmed? It was not filmed in Rome. Church was in New York City? Yeah. The only thing that they actually filmed in Rome was the fountain. Fun fact, the fountain isn't a real Roman fountain. They made that fountain. Oh, my gosh. What then? Why would? Why did the story need to take place in Rome? It could literally have just taken place in New York. It could have because little known fact, there is a little Italy in New York. They could City. have just done that. They could have. They could have had all of the same funny Italian things that they make fun of in this movie in New York City, minus the expensive trip to Rome, 
to build a this fake is a town. shame they could have afforded a trip to Rome because Hillary Duff made a movie that I'm blanking on right now the Lizzie McGuire movie the Lizzie McGuire movie and she goes to Rome yeah and she's actually in Rome yeah and you can't tell me that had a bigger budget than this so I don't know I'm just saying that was a waste it was a waste. Okay. I like to imagine that the writers sat down together and they looked at each other and they said, David, let's make a movie called When in Rome. Here's the joke. And <laughs> it's not no. going to be in Rome. <laughs> they, they were just kind of, or more so like, you know, that saying when in Rome, we should make a movie based on that. Which it does, that doesn't, oh, that doesn't even come into play, which is also a missed opportunity. It is. That actually, no one in this movie, I think, says when in Rome. No. Once. No. They could have had so many great... There were plenty of moments. So many opportunities. Well, not really, because they weren't in Rome. <laughs> if they were really in Rome. Then they could, they probably would have said it a lot. Would it have improved this movie if it entirely took place in Rome? Yes. No. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. Okay. Good to know. We are introduced to Nick. He is Umberto's best man. He shows up late, awkwardly walks in. His phone starts ringing, playing Cherry Pie Ringtone. And, you know, he's got his clip-on tie. His hair is all messed up. And Kristen Bell gives him the look. Mm. He gives her the look. The look. And that's when you know they're in love forever. That's the guy. (laughs) I don't know if you knew this, but you can actually fall in love by just looking at someone. That's how Caitlin and I fell in love. Right. We just looked at each other and we were like, We just knew. Yeah. No problems. We didn't develop. We didn't even have to talk to each other. We didn't build our relationship up over the course of several years. Right. With many phone calls. No. With many phone calls and dinner dates. Yeah. Completed dinner dates. (laughs) We just looked at each other. We just looked at each other. In fact, we decided to start this podcast before we fell in love. <laughs> Little known fact. Little known fact. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. So, also, the reason that Beth is looking at him, though, is not because this is some attractive hunk of man. She wants his cell phone service. Right. She wants to use his phone to send emails. Yeah. Which, that scene was also just weird. There were lots of scenes where she was attempting to take his phone. Yes. It, yeah. It, <laughs> so I don't even know. There's this great scene where there's an Italian wedding tradition where Beth, because she's the maid of honor, needs to break a vase. Mm-hmm. And she can't do it, as you do in these movies. And who comes to break the vase? Oh, but it's important. Tell, tell them why she's oh, supposed yeah, to break the vase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is also why... Uh, Joan and Umberto aren't going to make it that long. Right. Because apparently the number of pieces that the vase breaks into is the number of years of happy marriage the couple will have. Right. And then she can't break the vase. And then she can't break the vase. Funny. Uh, At one point she throws it at this glass of champagne glasses, which I thought was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Um. This is also when we paused the movie and it looked like Kristen Bell farted. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> and funny. everybody else was reacting to it. That was pretty great. Uh, Nick shows up. He breaks the vase. I don't know how that works then if they're still, if they get infinity years of happiness because it did break into like so many pieces. Right. But, but it wasn't done by the maid of honor. Yeah. So, so it's probably like a. This is how many years of divorce you're going to have or Ooh. something. <laughs> uh, okay, so you remember... Also, that's just, like, who came up with that tradition, by Italians. the way? Okay, well, it was stupid because, like, if you throw a vase, it's going to break. And no vase just breaks in the two pieces. I think that's the point. But that's that silly. It's you symbolic. can't promise that. It's, it's not. It's not symbolic. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Let's go to Rome. Okay. We'll ask someone, or better yet, we'll go to the church where they filmed this movie, because that's close enough. Yeah, basically Rome. Basically Rome. Beth gives a speech, and she doesn't know Italian, so everybody's staring at her like a deer in the headlights. So who comes to her rescue? Nick. 
And this is one of my least favorite jokes that movies ever try to do. Uh, they tried to do it in The Meg, and it was not funny. But it's where people try to speak languages that they don't know, and they say stupid things. Yeah, that that was poor. Which, what, this is that's where this scene was headed. And then he started telling everybody to just cheer and pretend like they knew what she was saying. Which, which that was kind of funny. funny. Yeah. But then he started saying stupid things again. So it mm-hmm. was like, maybe like a quarter funny. Yeah. Quarter's a good, yeah. Yeah. Basically, mm. though, like, he ends up translating that she wants to share Umberto with her sister. Oh, yeah. And then everybody starts calling her a whore. Yeah, which was also a little funny. Yeah. Because, like, some old lady spits on her because thinks she's a, a hoe bag. Yeah, but it doesn't funny. stop anything from the wedding from no, happening. No, It doesn't add anything. It doesn't. doesn't take anything It's just away. something that's said, and then you're supposed to oh, believe that it happened. And then, like, it introduces you to the fact that, like, Umberto and what's-his-face... Nick. Nick were were roommates in college when Nick did a year abroad. Yeah. And, like, that's why he's there, basically. Set up the story for why Nick's there. Boom. Yeah. So, I guess Italians are so quick to fall in love that, at least the Italians in this movie, Mm -hmm. are so quick to fall in love that Nick is his, Umberto's best man after one semester. After one semester. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. <laughs> it's not the most BS thing in this movie. No. So then we're introduced to the priest, Father Dino, and he's like, oh, Nick, you want to play more cards? And Nick's like, no, 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 you clean me out. Mm-hmm. That's important because it's going to come back later. Right. Beth and Nick dance. Beth steals Nick's phone because she's a workaholic. He reveals that he is skeptical about Joan and Umberto's wedding. And he makes the same comment to Beth about the two weeks and the credit check. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, she's like, oh, I said that guy. too. I We're made in, match made in heaven. We're basically perfect for each other. Let's base our whole relationship off this. Except she doesn't sound that basic. No. But you can see the gears turning in her <laughs> Beth has to go make cut the cake, so they stop dancing. And Why does Beth have to cut the cake? I don't, I have, oh, I don't know if she has to cut the cake, but I think just because she's part of the wedding party. So is Nick. why wasn't Nick going? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That was a very weird thing. It was just an excuse to get them separate. Yeah. To move on to the next scene. Yeah. So Beth's like, I'm going to take a chance on this guy because that's what my dad told me to do. Which you should not take love advice from her dad because her dad says that he never stops falling in love, which... That's not even a real thing. It's also revealed that he had an affair and left his wife. And the new girl is basically a tramp. And so everyone knows to take advice from someone who can't make their marriage last. Of course. Right. Because it's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. So Beth, she finds some champagne. She finds some glasses. She sees Nick leaving. And she's like, I'm going to go take a chance on this guy. Mm -hmm. Gets outside. And who shows up? Some hussy in a red dress. Right. Plants a big old wet sloppy kiss right on Nick's face. Yes. Which, okay. So here's the thing about that. He already told her that Umberto's cousins were coming on, cousin was coming on to him earlier. I don't remember that. Okay. Well, he did. He said like, because she made a comment about Umberto's family and he made a comment like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I still don't remember. Okay, well, he made a comment. So, But she doesn't know that this is Umberto's cousin. But, like, later in the movie, he says, like, what are you talking about? That girl was just Umberto's cousin, and I was just trying to get her, like, away. And I thought about that scene and thought about that scene and thought about that scene. And, and that's it, not what it looked no, like. No, that's not what it looked like. It looked like he was very comfortable with what was going on. That's not how you get someone away from you. So. No. Just saying. He was into that for the wedding night. Yeah. And then got back to New York and was like, she's gone. Yeah. Now it's time to make it work with uh, Kristen. With Beth. Beth. Because we're both in New York. Right. Not in Rome. Right. 
He says no. when in Rome, when, when he gets in back Rome, to that's right. So Beth decides, I'm going to get drunk and go stand in this fountain. Mm-hmm. And she sa- she sees all of these coins littered about, and she picks up a bunch of them, believing that she's saving these helpless souls from right. a life of torture about love or something. Yeah. Like, I don't I'm know. saving you from falling in love because, you know. Yeah. And... Which, I mean, I think is kind of a funny concept had they done the movie better. Like, I feel like that could have been a really good concept. Like, oh, you take coins out of the fountain and these people fall in love with you. Like, I yeah, don't know. It could have been good. That is a genuinely interesting and funny concept. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of it or seen that done. No. So, I w- that I w- was original. I, yeah. And he, Well, we'll get to that in the end. But... I do think that had they stayed in Rome, yes, that would have drastically improved this movie. I agree. Because then we could have a bunch of Italian guys or even tourists, because some of them were tourists, mm-hmm. just chasing her around Rome. Yeah, agreed. Get Throw a little stranger in a strange land type thing going on there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes back to New York. Did I miss anything? Nope, she goes back to New York. <laughs> she does. And who calls her up? Nick. Nick. Wanting to take her to dinner. Mm-hmm. And she says, no way, Jose. Because she still th- thinks that he's with this hussy. Yeah. I don't, we shouldn't really call her a hussy. I mean, it's Umberto's cousin. And we don't see her do anything no. like hussy-like throughout no. the rest of the movie. No. This red-dressed woman yeah. with very large hair. Yes. <laughs> So then the very next day, Beth has some very strange encounters with various men. The first one being Will Arnett, who plays Antonio Donatello. Mm-hmm. Kristen Bell is jogging along. Right. He's in the park, Central Park, because it, now the movie's now in, New in New York. York. <laughs> so you got to sh- highlight all of the New York locations. Which they don't even do a good job of that. They don't. This movie doesn't really feel like it belongs in any particular city other no. than you know that it's not Rome. Yeah. And they mention the Guggenheim like it's their job. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's let's rewind a little bit. In during the scene with Lee Pace is some of the greatest product placement I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> when you broke up with me at the Applebee's. Yeah, that's what that's what Beth says. When you broke up with me at the Applebee's. Mm. Normal conversation doesn't go that way. No. You just say, when you broke up with me. Right. No one cares that you went to Applebee's. No. No one cares that you think you're upper middle class and yeah. you can afford yeah. Applebee's. Yeah, like, like <laughs> Applebee's. Like, I have a hard time believing people like that go to Applebee's. That's where you go to break up with people. Uh, purposefully, like yeah, the like couple on Red Robin. Like when we went to Red Robin, we watched that couple break up. Oh, man. I hope they listen to this podcast and they know we're talking about them. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. I wish that somehow through the grapevine. Yeah. Not directly. Uh-huh. That that couple would know that we share that story all the time. All the time. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. It's a great story. Uh, I hope they found love. Not with each other. Probably not with each other. Probably not. That was a bad breakup. That was... I was devastated. (laughs) But it gave us a great story, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you, weird couple. Yeah. (laughs) So Beth's running through Central Park, and who's there painting? Antonio. Antonio. Played by Will Arnett. And he is a fantastic artist, except for feet, that look like they were drawn by a two-year-old and so he starts chasing after her saying that he needs to see her feet to be able to draw that was them a better. weird scene it is very weird and he says throws out a bunch of one-liners none of which i wrote down because there were <laughs> too many of them it, it's as if they couldn't decide on what they wanted him to shout at her and it's a it's a mix of like broken italian and english mm-hmm. and eventually he trips over a horse one of those horse-drawn carriages that they have at Central Which we're Park. in, like, a, a lot of this movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it's in New York, so you gotta, you got to highlight <laughs> no, the, the New York No, it was in um, um, Rome, too. 
There was one in Rome. Oh, it was the same guy. Maybe <laughs> he's he's the he's wizard the of long the fountain. Con. Oh, I thought he was playing the long god. He <laughs> no. took her coin. This isn't a stalked by my doctor situation. <laughs> this is like a ghost of girlfriends past wizard of the fountain situation. Okay. Okay. Then Kristen Bell is getting coffee at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. and that's when she meets Gail. Gail. Who is a supermodel, played by Dax Shepard. Very funny, because he's all into himself. Who kind of looks like Gail Waterwaters, now that I think about it. Yes. Okay. We should have mentioned something else. This movie is very orange. Yes, everyone is very orange. This whole movie is tinted orange, except somehow, this occurred to me as I was preparing for this, Kristen Bell still manages to be as pale as a ghost. I know. I envy it. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> because everything in this movie was yeah. orange. Will Arnett was orange. He was Get, so orange. Uh, Dax Shepard was orange. Yeah. Couldn't really see John Hader's face. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito was orange. Danny DeVito was very orange. Yeah. What's uh, her boss's name? She Angelica was even orange. Houston. You know who else was not orange, though? Her secretary. Yeah, that's true. She wasn't orange. But overall, generally speaking, Everything this movie was, was very orange. Yes. As if it was bathed in the Tuscan sun. <laughs> From Rome in New York. Yes. It was all of it was under the Tuscan sun. <laughs> Different Italian movie. Oh, that's great. Uh then we meet Lance. Again, as she's walking through Central Park, it appears. I don't remember. Oh, because he does the card trick. Duh. He does the card trick, and he steals his watch like a jerk, like yeah. five teen times. Yeah, five teen. Yeah, five teen times. <laughs> so much, and he's like a Chris Angel ripoff, which mm-hmm. was a little funny. Mm-hmm. You know what would definitely make me fall in love with someone? Hmm. Them stealing my watch repeatedly. Yes, and then ripping a fake heart out of their chest. Yeah, that's what does that <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy. Mm. No. Making a mental note for our anniversary not to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no heart magic. No. <laughs> uh, Beth goes back to work. She receives a call from Joan und, und, and Umberto. And there's a p- newspaper with a picture of Beth in the fountain calling her stupid. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. A little funny. And they tell Beth that stealing strange coins from the fountain is wrong and that it's bad luck and that she has now put a spell on these men. Also, how stereotypical was the scene with them? Oh, yeah, because they were, like, half naked. Yeah, but, like, cooking, like Italians do. Maybe cooking. They're making bread or something. Don't make any blanket statements about Italian. No, that's what the movie was saying. Like, Um, oh, this is what you do if you're Italian. And I was like, okay, a little stereotypical there. On their honeymoon. That's what you do do on your honeymoon honeymoon? in Italy, at least. I okay. If you're from Italy, please tell me if you bake bread on your honeymoon in the nude. In the nude. Because I'm gonna say you don't. That's unsanitary. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't remember if this is where they tell her that she has to put the fount- the coins back into the fountain herself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, hey, you got to put the coins back I into the I remember too much of this movie. You do. You do a good <laughs> job with these rom-coms. That's embarrassing. Uh, turns out that the piece of art that Beth is in charge of getting, she's not getting because Stacy told the insurance company who was going to mail the art from Australia to shove it. Right. And conveniently, Nick shows up to ask her out. And as Beth is about to get berated by her boss, Nick says, oh, I know about this obscure art piece. I'm here to save the day. This, that's, okay. Okay. This is also where we're introduced to Al Russo, played by Danny DeVito. The meat guy. The sausage king. The sausage king. He was the mattress king in Matilda. He's the king of a lot of things. (laughs) I just, the, as soon as he said that he was the Sausage King, I thought to myself, no, Abe Froman is the Sausage King. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I hope somebody else gets that joke. Uh, just me. Uh, yes. And this is why I love you. You know my references. <laughs> and he wants a tour. During the tour, he starts hitting on Beth. 
and it's very creepy in a way that only Danny DeVito can do it. Mm-hmm. He tries to give her sausages in like a Tiffany's bag. Yeah, that was weird. That was very weird. And he makes some some comment about how casings, meat casings are his life. And yeah. And that was a That's very uncomfortable sad. line to listen to. Yeah. Beth tries to run away from Al and sneaks out of the back and runs into Nick and sprays him in the fest. In the fest. <laughs> in the fest. In the face with breath mints. Breath and, mints. Like breath spray. Yeah, breath mint spray. Yeah, there you go. And he pretends like it hurts. Which I imagine it probably would hurt, but then he acts I believed like it doesn't. It. I know. That was confusing. I was like... Very odd. Okay. Anyway. I mean, imagine that feeling that you have whenever you're chewing gum mm-hmm. and, like, you breathe in and it's real cool. Like, yeah. imagine and that in on your, your eyes. eyes. But, like, being unable to stop that from yeah. happening. <laughs> like, but then he's like, oh, it didn't hurt. And I'm like, wait, I think that would hurt. Now I'm confused. She goes back to her apartment. Oh, he asks her out again, and I think she says yes this time. Yeah, that's right. Then she goes back to her apartment. Right. And who's in her apartment? The magician. The magician. Lucas. Lance. Lance. <laughs> I thought you said that you remembered a lot about this I'm movie. I'm really good at remembering things that happen. People's names? No. Yeah. He is hanging upside down like a mummy. Yeah. Thinking that this will impress her and not startle her to the fact that he is in her apartment without her knowing. Yeah. Hanging upside down. Lance is easily the scariest of the bunch. (laughs) Yeah. Because he has the highest potential to probably be a murderer. He probably is. That's probably where he got that heart. He's teamed up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) From the taxi driver in Italy who goes around and kids kidnap. People. They're probably in on it together. They probably are. Team up. That would be such a great movie. That would be a fantastic short movie, not a full spinoff. No, but like, yeah, like a real, a short. That'd be funny. Yeah. Okay. It's probably on the bonus features. Probably. Oh, and this is where we're introduced to Juan, his assistant, his filming assistant. Mm-hmm. Played by Pedro. Yes, Pedro. The actor's name is Efren Ramirez. Because they were both in Napoleon Dynamite together. Mm-hmm. Nick's friend and co-worker, played by Bobby Moynihan, tells Nick that he's going to go spy on her because he is probably the only person that is intelligent to know you don't fall in love with someone this quickly. Right. Yeah. He knows what's up. Mm-hmm. He's all about beer and poker. Simple man wanting simple things. He asks if she has a sister, and Nick says she's married, and he seems very upset about it, but also respectful at the same time. Yes. Kudos to him. Kudos to Bobby Moynihan. Uh, There's a montage of Beth running around away from the guys. At one point, Antonio paints a giant nude mural of her on the side of a building. Gail put her name on the side of a bus with a picture of him. That was funny. She's running away from them. Uh, also throughout all of this, Bobby Moynihan is taking pictures of her. So adding to the creepiness of these men chasing after her. Mm-hmm. So maybe not such a good guy, Bobby. No. Then Nick and Beth go on their date to Blackout, which is one. I don't know if this is a real thing, but it's we've got to se- be a real thing. We've it's, seen it in so many things. It, it has to be. But it's, it's one of those restaurants where. Only the waiters, like the whole room is dark mm-hmm. and the waiters have these night vision goggles I'm looking on. it up after this. It's got to be a real that. thing. We should do that. And we should go to one. Yeah. I, that was going to be my question after you explained it. Like, would you go to one? Let me finish explaining it. Okay. So you're in this room and it's pitch black and you and your significant other or whoever you're having dinner with yeah. could be a business partner. Right. Can't see anything. Right. But you can hear and smell, and it's supposed to change the experience of your food. Right. No, I would not go to one. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the appeal. Mm-mm. No, I don't trust anyone either. So no, I just imagine a lot of things spilling. Yeah. And breaking. Yeah. Like what happened in the scene. Yeah, like what happens if you have to use like a knife and fork, mm, and you, you can't your find hand. your food. How do you get to the bathroom? You raise your hand, apparently, and oh. they have to take you in Yeah, there. no, I'm not a child. 
No. This is where Kristen Shaw comes, shows up, and she's pretty funny because mm-hmm. she's real creepy, and they keep thinking that she that walked away. That was actually kind of funny. But she didn't, <laughs> so she heard everything that they were saying about her. That was pretty funny. But also, the rest of the guys show up with night vision goggles and mm-hmm. try to woo Beth. Woo her or, like, molest her? Like, they're, like, Very tackling creepy. her. Yeah, it's getting out of hand at this point. Yeah. It was never getting out of hand before. <laughs> it was getting out of hand. And Beth and Nick run away. Nick is very confused and she says, I'm going to explain everything. And then she doesn't. And then she doesn't. She tells this really sad story about how Picasso left his wife for this woman and then left this woman for another woman. And this woman that he left this other woman for killed herself. Yeah. After he died. That doesn't explain anything. It doesn't. She just looked at a a painting and told a sad story. And also, like, if you're in a relationship, like, you communicate. That's what all these rom-coms do wrong. They don't communicate. They don't talk about anything. No. And there's never any reason explained why. No. It's, It's never like, it's never... A situation where they're too proud to do it. Yeah. They just don't because... And it's not like she's embarrassed to tell people about the coins. She told other people. She told so many people about the coins. even if, like, you sit down and you're like, okay, Nick, I know this is a crazy story, but I have these coins and I think these guys are in love with me because I took their coins out. Like, even if he doesn't believe her, like, at least you're communicating and he doesn't think you're a complete psycho. Yeah. But if you tell him the coin story and he doesn't believe you, he might still think that. But then he's not left with all these questions. So bottom line, communicate. Thank you. But then we wouldn't have rom-com, so. Yeah. There'd be nothing dramatic to happen. Right. Because in reality, people don't communicate, and that's what causes tension. Right. And interesting stories. Yes. They go back to Nick's apartment to see this photograph that he has that's a picture of him when he got shocked by lightning in the neck in the neck which okay two things that we didn't mention one stacy knows about the coins that's important for in a second that's her secretary her secretary yeah second nick used to play football and was electrocuted in the neck while he was being tackled and it's very traumatic for him But it was actually kind of funny to watch. Yeah. And everybody knows him from this Which, like, okay. I guess if you're... In New York City? I I don't know how football works. (laughs) Maybe maybe people... Was it, like, pro? Was he pro? Because I could believe that. It was college. Okay, no. No, no. People get excited about college football, so I've heard. I don't know. I know nothing. I'm just making a guess. Okay. She is making out with him, and she sees the poker chips that she pulled out of the fountain, and she says, I don't want to see you anymore because she thinks that Nick is under the spell of the fountain. Again, not communicating. And the fountain wizard, and tells him that she doesn't want to see him again and leaves. And all of this could have been avoided if she told him about the coins. Fun fact, yes, it would have. So she's getting ready for her gala. She and Stacy are in her apartment. Mm-hmm. Joan calls and tells Beth that as long as she returns the coins to each man, she'll break the spell. Right. Where was this information several weeks ago, Joan? She almost lost her job because someone painted her naked on the side of a building. This is Come on, Joan. Also, this whole nonsense could have been avoided if they were still in Rome. Right. So we wouldn't have a movie, which is why they had to bring it back to New York City. No, I mean... All you would have to do is just not know earlier in the movie that she could put them in yeah, the fountain. That's true. And then lose the coins because uh, of crazy random happenstances. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe she spends one of the coins and she has to find that coin. Okay. They could have made a way better movie this way. Yes, they could have. Okay. She, uh, Beth tells Stacy that she's going to return the coins and Stacy like a little turd, yeah, steals the coins when Beth's not looking. Because she wants her to fall in love with Nick, so all she needed to do was take all the coins that weren't the poker chip, which was Nick's, which she knew. I don't know why she took all the coins. I don't know. That was stupid. The guys show up because 
they're going to the gala for some reason. Because they're in love with her. And they stalk her. Yes. This movie is very pro-stalking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It never once says stalking is bad. <laughs> it just makes it seem like it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's not. Don't stalk people. Beth admits to, she admits to them. <laughs> stalking is fun. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. <laughs> probably, legitimately, Gail's probably the only person that thinks that stalking is funny. <laughs> All the other guys, probably in the back of their head, they think, this might be No, wrong. Lance. Lance a pro-stalker. Actually, Antonio, probably. <laughs> All of these guys are pretty great. Okay with stalking. Yeah. I take that back. They're all <laughs> on board with stalking. She... Tells them that she loves Nick and that she's going to return the coins, but she doesn't have them. Danny DeVito gives this inspiring speech about how they need to get her to the Guggenheim. There's a lightning storm, which served no significance at all. Other than he, like, ran out in a lightning storm for her. Because he has trauma with lightning. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't know. It really served no purpose. Yeah. They... It's, uh, I guess all the the lights are out and the the traffic lights. I don't know. They have to take Antonio's car for something, and it's very funny because it's a small Italian car meant for two people. Right. And they're driving along, and Beth tells him to drive like they're in Rome, and he starts zigzagging. Mm-hmm. So that was, I guess, impressive, but not really. Mm-hmm. He drives the car into the Guggenheim. Which was like, what? Into an elevator. Which was ridiculous. And delivers her right there on whatever floor she needed to be on for her. Floor two. Gal. Floor two. I thought it was five. Actually, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> they ride an elevator. Yes. And it looks ridiculous because all five of them are squashed in this tiny car. Right. She goes to Stacy. She tells them that she needs the coin back. And she returns returns them to Antonio, Lance, Gale, and Al. We find out that Antonio's real name is Anthony, and he's some New Yorker pretending to be Italian who... What was his real job? He was an artist. Oh, he was a shoe salesman. Oh, he's a shoe salesman. and he Trying wanted to, to be, be an artist. Mm-hmm. So he went to Rome to be inspired. And she said, I think you're a real artist. I mean, his art was pretty good, minus the feet. Minus the feet. So, good for her. She inspired him. Yeah. Uh, Gail continued to be self-centered. I, I he admits it, though. He says, I didn't learn anything. Yeah, because Lance <laughs> learned something. Yeah, Lance. Oh, he had he learned the courage to, yeah, perform, to perform in, in public. public. Which didn't make sense, because he was performing in public in, in Rome. Rome. Correct. You're didn't correct. Didn't make sense. And Al just wanted to feel the way he did before his wife left him. Yeah, which that was depressing. It was a little touching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was kind of like this weird Wizard of Oz moment where yeah. they all you get a heart, you get got a some kind of gift from her. Yeah. I don't... Except for Gail. Except for but Gail. But he got her in real life. Yeah, that's probably why he said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Beth. Oh, Nick races to the museum. He's at his own work thing. He gets over there. He gets hit by Bobby Moynihan's car at one point, which we were talking about how funny that would be if you just saw somebody get hit (laughs) by a car and then get into that car. (laughs) That'd be hilarious. Quite. (laughs) She returns the poker chip to Nick, and he gives this big sappy speech about how he loves her, and then... There's a wedding. And for some reason, Beth invites all of the guys who are stalking her to the wedding. And it is revealed that Lance mixed up the poker chips. And so Beth thinks Nick is still in love with her because of the fountain spell. Mm-hmm. That would have been a better name for this movie. Fountain, fountain spell. <laughs> and It she... would have been a more accurate name. <laughs> True. She leaves the ceremony and gives Nick the poker chip. She's all upset because she thinks none of this fake love was really real. 
he tells her he's very confused. And it's at this point, in the middle of their wedding, that she reveals everything that happened with the coins in the Good fountain. Good timing. Perfect timing. Good job, Beth. Also, I called what is about to happen. Oh, yeah. Just saying. This becomes very apparent the second the wedding begins. And you find out it was Father Dino who threw the poker what? chip in there. And Nick throws the coin back into the fountain, which is a plot inconsistency because Joan and Umberto told her that she had to throw the coin in there. Whatever. I'm not going to nitpick. right. But then Father Dino's like, I'm free from temptation, which why were you? You're a priest, dude. <laughs> why were you wishing for love? Yeah. In this fountain of love. And then everybody starts dancing as the credits roll. And, like, she learned nothing from her sister and met a guy. And then, I, it doesn't say how long before the wedding, but, but it doesn't... But it's implied. Yeah, that it was, like, two weeks. Yeah. So. So what did we learn today? Stocking is good. Stocking is fun. And okay. And. In New York City. <laughs> and looks, if you look at someone, you can fall in love with them. I think we should just cut it off right here. We just <laughs> nailed everything. I think so. So this movie had a budget of $55 million. Caitlin, would you like to guess how much it grossed during its entire run in the United States? Probably 85 mil. 32 million. Did not cross that threshold in the U.S. Could not find the gross worldwide. Ooh. I would imagine the Italians did not look favorably upon this movie. No. Mm. That's unfortunate. Yes. So, some interesting facts. Okay. Bill Hader was originally considered for Nick. That would have been a different movie. <laughs> Very different movie. Yeah. And it is an offense in Rome to remove coins because it is the equivalence of stealing people's witches. Witches? Wishes. Wishes. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And I already told you about how they filmed all of this yeah. in New York. So. Which is crazy. Yeah. So do we think that uh, Beth and Nick are going to last? No. What is their relationship based off of? Absolutely nothing. There really wasn't. We were given nothing. Yeah. For them to no. establish a relationship. They don't even like what? like the same things. No. What do they talk about that they have in common? Nothing. Credit checks, apparently. Credit checks. That's it. Yeah. We never see them have an actual conversation. No. I guess maybe they have, like, the art thing where she finds art and he is in art. In one art piece. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're not lasting. Nobody in this movie is going to last. No. Except for maybe Danny DeVito and Angelica Houston. That would be good. Yeah, I could he see that. Love. She's really tall. He's really short. Yeah. Got the opposite of tracks going on. Yeah. Maybe Will Arnett and Gail. There was kind of a little. Yeah, I little forgot fire about right that. There. I don't know. This movie doesn't really end on a promising note for love. No. Because they fight, and then two seconds later, they don't really fight, but they have a disagreement about. They have a debacle over these poker coins. Mm -hmm. And it was actually kind of funny when she gives him back his poker chip and he was like, Why do you keep giving me these? <laughs> it's like, Why do you keep giving me my poker chips yeah. back? <laughs> that was actually kind of funny. That's when I knew something was amiss. Yes. That's when you knew? <laughs> yeah. Right then. <laughs> Not earlier, whenever no. it was revealed. Yeah. So, okay. Here's a question for you. Okay. This versus Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Mm -hmm. Which couple is more likely to make it? Ooh, definitely the couple from Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Yeah. They have so much history together. They at least built, like, a friendship when they were little. They know what they're getting into. Yeah. Okay. This These people? No. No. Do you think the title When in Rome refers to this idea that... People fall in love quickly in Rome, and mm -hmm. it's perfect forever? Yes. Okay. That's where the title comes That's from. That's where the Not the location. No. The idea of love. Of love. In Rome. Yeah. Which is silly. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's a ridiculous concept. 
This movie was ridiculous. This was complete BS. <laughs> Couldn't buy any real. of it. Nothing realistic about this movie at all. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I don't. Caitlin, how many coins would you rate this movie? I feel like I always say one because they're always so bad. You do always pick one. Um, I would rate this movie half of a coin. <laughs> I can't. It was so bad. I actually take away coins from this movie. I take negative two coins away. This is what I will say about this movie. I will give it two coins. I took those two coins away. We're back at zero. Here's why. Because unlike the other rom-com and other movies that we watched, there were moments that were genuinely funny, and they were meant to be funny. And I appreciate that they tried, because I did laugh. Yeah, but it didn't redeem the overall story for me. It didn't redeem the overall story. I'm just kind of thinking about those <laughs> few instances that I enjoyed versus the overall movie. Oh. Overall, this movie was not... I mean... Okay, if you want to do something nice for your wife and she really likes bad movies, like as in like she thinks they're good, but they're really bad and she likes rom-coms, you could you could get through this one. I actually wasn't bored watching this no. one like I was Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Yeah, I agree with that. So like you, you can get through this. Yeah. It's not horrible. No, I would say in the world of bad rom-coms, this is worth a watch. Yeah, well, I mean, no. <laughs> like, if you don't have to watch this movie, I'm not going to tell you to go watch it. No. But if you want to do something nice for your wife or something, watch it. I mean, it's not on, like, the must-watch bad movies list. Right, We right. should start establishing that. Yes, agreed. That's happening. That's going to start on the next show. Okay. But I would put this on the watch it if you're watching a rom-com mm -hmm. and it's a bad rom-com, mm -hmm. I would put this higher on the list. Yes, I agree. This isn't a must-watch. No. It's a... If you had to pick a rom-com to I watch. I wouldn't say if you had to. It's not a much-watch, but it's a if you do watch. Yeah. If you do watch a rom-com, this would be up there in ones you should choose. Yeah. Okay. I could get on board with that. I can get on board with that. Okay. So this movie is not available to stream anywhere, but you can rent it on iTunes like or we had Amazon to do. Prime. And I'm assuming it's on the Google Play Store also. Or if you really like this movie, you can go to our website, ajourneyintofilm.com, and you can find the affiliate link and purchase it from Amazon. And that will help us support the store. Support the store. Support the show. There we go. Use the Amazon affiliate link to support the show the show you can follow us on facebook and instagram at journey into film and please hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcatcher of choice like apple podcast or google play or stitcher leaving a review is always super cool to do but what's even cooler to do is to share it with your family and friends especially if they like making fun of bad movies because everybody likes making fun of bad movies. This is true. I like it. Yeah. I don't remember what we're posting next week because I forgot to look it up <gasps> again. Oh, no. But I will post about it this weekend. Yeah, so you have time to watch it before you listen to our podcast. Because you love it and this is your favorite show ever. That's right. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.